Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Pam Weiser. She partners with overwhelmed and overworked busy professionals who think they need to do it all themselves, but realize they can't. She supports them with their productivity by helping them scale their business, manage projects, and delegate tasks so that they can create time in their schedules, save money, lower their stress, increase their efficiency, and get back to focusing on what's most important, building their business. What a concept. Pam, welcome to the space. I'm here. Hi, nice to meet. Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Nice to hear you. Yeah. So before we dive in and really learn so much more about you, is there any kind of a fun fact or something interesting that you would like to share with us? Oh, I have so many fun facts. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a couple. <laughs> okay. Oh, ooh, okay. Um, I, I sold everything at the age of 23 and I moved to Maui, which was a really uh, my first venture into sort of, you know, giving up things and just moving. So I did that at age 23 and um, I've never had a cavity and I'm in my 50s. <laughs> wow, that is very impressive. Yes. <laughs> I love asking this question. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> so wait, so wait, okay. So it kind of like there was a bleep on your side and then, but I put it together. So you sold everything when you were 23 and you moved to Maui. Yes. How long did you live there for? I was there actually exactly a year. So I moved there on May 1st of uh, 1993 and then moved to San Francisco on April 30th of 1994. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that, just that whole act of selling everything and moving. Yeah. This, it was crazy. <laughs> But it's really, it's beautiful because it's really, I mean, some people would say brave or whatever kind of word you want to fill in with there, but you really acted on, 
you know, something that you wanted to do and you didn't wait. Yeah. And I've actually done that for most of my life. I mean, it's kind of led me to move to so many different places and live in so many, just, you know, live freely and adventurously. And I've actually been told that by my by friends, my community, my family, and there's envy that goes along with that. And so mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see that. I just see it as part of my life, but, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, but I that's, guess, yeah, good, good. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your sentence. Just, I guess. I was going to say when you're single and you don't have any commitments, it's really easy to pack up everything and move to a new location. Well, it's easier, I would say maybe, but still you could, if you were caught up in this thinking of, well, this is the way you do things. And that's not, you know, if you were caught up in a more logical thinking uh, from my perspective, I don't know, family, you know, being with family or not that there's still, you could still restrict yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And, you know, I've moved places with when family has been a consideration. And I thought, you know what? They're a plane ride away. Why do I have to, you know, I need to live my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because my daughter, um, our daughter has been um, presented with a scenario. And you just made me think of it because, you know, she's 19, soon to be 20. And she was asked to have a higher position in her part-time job, which would, you know, turn into more of a full-time job and with much more responsibility. And she was kind of thinking it through, but she has the travel bug. Mm-hmm. She's been to Bali. She's been to Thailand. She's been to Costa Rica. She wants to go to, like, she wants to travel and explore places. So it's, it was just interesting watching her go through the back and forth and learning as a parent, how much you can say and not say, because, because, you know, she's going to argue against things if you say too much, but what she came to the conclusion at which I was very happy that she did was that she doesn't want to be tied down. And that's why she's not going to college. That's why she's chosen not to go that route is because she wants to experience these things. And, um, yeah. She's like, I want to be able to move to California and work in a coffee shop if that's what I want to do. I'm like, and you should. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's very liberating. It's every time I land in a new place, it's like, I, it's like I start all over again and my community of friends and family are still there and they still support me, but it's like, um, I don't know the travel bug too. I've had it since, you know, I was a teenager. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I do not plan to stay in the US. I want to get out and travel and, you know, with COVID I haven't done much of that, but I'm ready to get back out there again. In fact, I just committed to going to um, Mardi Gras next year. <laughs> okay. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah, See, this is you. Yeah, okay. I can't wait to dive in more and really Get to know you more. Um, I want to welcome Ellen. So glad that you're here. Thank you. Um, as you know, any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box and you can chat with Pam and I. So Pam, let's dive into the first official question, which is how do you define creativity? So I know that you and I talked about this uh, previously and it was hard for me to actually define it because it means so many different things to so many different people. And it all, I thought about it, and to me, it means different things in my personal life and my professional life. Mm, I love um, that. Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to work, it's thinking outside the box to find solutions to problems. 
But when it comes when it comes to personal life, it's not following the norm and just being yourself and, um, you know, taking an original idea and tweaking it to what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that distinction, um, because I totally get that. But that at the same time, to me, there's kind of like a common thread in that, which is the whole outside of the box. Yeah. Um, not following the norm. Uh, there's the problem solving and all that other stuff within the professional. Um, but yeah, there's similarities and differences, I think, in those spaces. But yeah, I can definitely understand that there there can be, you know, a separation, a distinction between the places. Yes. Yeah, yeah, great. So why don't we, let's take us on a little journey here. And okay. I, I know this is kind of broad when I ask this, but I want to give people the freedom to be able to start their story where they want to start their story. Um, tell us more about you, Pam, um, about where here I call this help, helped, helping, it should be overwhelmed and overworked, busy professionals focus. But tell us more about what you've done. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, well, I started in with, you know, uh, being an assistant and all this, you can go back to when you were a kid or whatever, and then take us to where you are now. Yeah. So I actually have been in a customer service related field since mm -hmm. my first job. So my first job was bagging groceries at a high-end supermarket in Los Angeles and everything had to be packed a certain way. And we had movie stars and celebrities coming in and, you know, there was a, a, you had to do things a specific way. So you had to be, be kind and you had to be respectful. And even if they were not right, you had to, you know, be on your best behavior and yes, yes, yes. And so I moved into the restaurant business after that. Also a big customer service facing field and serving people food is one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do. It first it is. I have to I want to ask the age question. How old were you with the bagging job? I was 16. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, you know, and getting into the restaurant business in my 20s and then managing restaurants and oh, wow. yeah, oh yeah. And then having to deal with not only was I managing kids who were working, you know, for the restaurant but I was, you know, dealing with angry customers. And so it was a lot of um, just, it was never about me, right? And so I managed restaurants until I was about, I think I was 30. And I had a girlfriend at the time who said, who worked for a startup, the, the first dot-com boom. So this is aging myself. Um, <laughs> so dating myself. And so she says, you have to get out of the restaurant business. You have to go and work for these dot-coms. You know, and I thought about it and I was working nights and weekends and holidays and it wasn't ideal for a single woman living in San Francisco in my 30s. Mm -hmm. And so I quit the restaurant and I went to work for this for this startup and never having worked on a computer, really. I mean, I didn't even have email until the late 90s. So oh, wow. I, uh -huh. I never worked on a computer <laughs> and I'm supporting a team of like 20 people. And, you know, my boss at the time who I'm still connected with <laughs> gave me a, a PowerPoint presentation and said, here, can you, can you, you know, edit this and make it look pretty? And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and so, um, 
And so, you know, I, I learned very quickly. They actually paid for me to go to courses. I learned very quickly. And so I got laid off from that job. Obviously, I, most dot-coms went under because they didn't manage their money very well. But I proceeded to go into more of an executive assistant role. And I did that on and off. Um, between that, office management and operations, I've done that for like the last 20 years. And um, during COVID, I, you know, I was sitting here, we were all locked down. What am I going to do with all my free time? I didn't want to be a boob in front of the tube. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, decided, let, let me reach out to my friends and family and see who needs my help. And so I, I had some takers. And I turned this into a side gig along with working a W-2 job full time. And, uh, you know, I, I actually lost my job in 2021. I moved back to California temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I took another job that also didn't work out. And I said, you know what? I want to do this. Why can't I do this myself full time? I don't need to be working for anybody else. I have the skills. I have the knowledge. I have support. I'm going to do this full time. And I took my business full time in January of 2022. And the rest is history. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Oh my God, what a journey. So yeah. <laughs> I always say that they really should have, um, I mean, it should be in middle school. Whoever has their, whenever your first job is, whether it's babysitting or then in high school, it has to be in customer service. Yeah. Everybody needs to have a customer service job because in customer service, that is where you learn everything. 100%. When you when you said like with package with bagging and all of this, people be like, I don't want a bag. It's like there would be so much responsibility in putting people's products that they purchased into a bag. Yeah. And doing it all that way, you know, with their I mean, they had a system and then customer service of being nice to people when they're not necessarily nice to you, uh-huh. um, how to strike up conversation, how to put people at ease, all of this stuff. These are life skills that you will take into any part of your life. Definitely. Any Definitely. part. And yeah. it's, it's just kids. You need to see that because I feel like so many kids get sheltered into, they just don't see how people act in a restaurant. Oh my God. In a restaurant. <laughs> That is, that is a world unto itself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly believe that everybody should be, have a restaurant job at some point in their life so that they understand the customer service aspect, the difficulty that is serving people food and just, it allows you to prioritize and it'll, it teaches you how to manage your time. You have to basically time food that comes out of the kitchen so that the appetizers don't come after your main meal. And there's just so many life skills that you learn in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, so agreed. So before we get to um, like the title of this, um, show more about that, um, I just, I wanted to ask, so when you're in Hawaii, did you work in restaurants while you were over there? I did, I worked for the Hard Rock Cafe for, there's no no longer a Hard Rock Cafe in Maui, but I worked for the Hard Rock Cafe in Maui for a year, and then I actually transferred to the Hard Rock Cafe in San Francisco okay. uh, in 1994, and then I went down to back down to LA and opened up their Universal Studios um, restaurant, so the one up in, in Universal City Walk. 
So yeah, okay. I was with them for about four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. nice. It's nice when people are with someplace for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So again, I want to welcome those that are here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box. Uh, this stage is for my guest and I, but you can participate through the chat box. So we appreciate you. Um, okay. So let's get into, so how do you actually, so you said you reached out to friends and family uh, during this time and was like, how can I help you? So in what you do, Tell us a little bit more about how you support people, please. So every client actually has a different need. I don't really do the same. Well, that's not true. I was going to say I don't really do the same thing for, for many clients, but I do have a couple of clients right now that I'm doing some CRM migrations for and implementation. Um, but I do things like, um, you know, document management, SOP creation, um, website refresh. Um, I'm just starting to do press releases with one of my clients. Um, and I've done that with previous clients as well. Um, I've done recruiting, uh, you know, there's so many different things and, and most of these things fall under operations and or administrative or project management support. So it's, it's kind of a broad, um, a broad mm -hmm. range of things that I do. Um, you know, yeah. I do it all really. <laughs> could you please um, kind of, you said SOP. Yeah. Uh, could you say exactly what that is for yes. anybody who might not know, please? Yeah, standard operating procedures. Thank you. Yeah. And isn't that funny? I mean, from a person back in the 90s, was it who had no idea what to do on a computer? <laughs> yeah. And now I'm a whiz. <laughs> Like the SOP, the blah, 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 the blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but just in that, isn't it interesting how we never know exactly how things are going to go? Yeah. I mean, if I could predict the future, I would have been, I would have been picking lottery numbers, you know, and I probably wouldn't be in this business, but you know, all of that experience has led me to really enjoy being, you know, giving people back their time and creating work-life balance and being able to support and be a partner with, with business owners. Yeah. What are you finding? Is that what you're finding now uh, to be the biggest thing is that people are just kind of like, I don't I, like that people are doing everything themselves and they're just like getting burnt. Yes. I, that is definitely a common theme with small business owners. Uh, and it's just because they've been doing everything for themselves for so long and they don't realize when they should be delegating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so they're working 70 hours a week. They can't make it to their kids' activities. They're, they're burned out. They don't have any social life. You know, their, their, their partners are not seeing them because work takes priority. So I kind of come in and take things off of their plate so that they can get their lives back. Yeah. It's kind of like everybody, entrepreneurs out there, it can be um, hard to, it's kind of like this uh, harmony, this balance, right? Where we want to have more time. We want to have all that kind of stuff, but then there can be, for lack of a better word right now, control issues. Yes. Of, well, I've done it. I've done it this way, whether it's worked or not. I've done it this way for so long and this is how you do it. And is there ever going to be anybody who can do it? Like really do it as good as me. I that's, hear, ex that's exhausting. 
it is exhausting, but you know what? When you when you hire an expert in their in their field, right, or hire somebody who's good at what they do, yeah, um, it allows you to free up time to do the more important things instead of the smaller things. So things like strategies and goal plan goals and planning and getting in front of your clients and customers, which is how you build your business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you don't have to do all the all the little things, just like you said. And then you could be like, okay, here, I'm doing my passion. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing like, yeah. Right. To make it happen. Um, so let's learn a little bit more about you in, obviously, we know you like to travel. Um, but how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? So I am a photography nerd, geek, whatever you want to call it. My friends have coined my my camera. I actually used to walk around with a point and shoot. Um, now it's just my phone, and which has an excellent camera on it. But they've coined my my camera the Pam Cam. <laughs> and so when I when I travel, I geek out. I it's I'm impossible to travel with because the when I travel with people, you know, I have to stop and take pictures of at, around every turn, and I, it irritates people. Oh God, we got to take pictures again. Uh, so I'm a huge photographer. I was a I played piano as a as a kid, um, and I have a huge appreciation for music. Most of the people in my family are very musically oriented, so there's a lot of creativity there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at work, it's just basically finding solutions to problems that aren't the norm. Yeah. First of all, with photography, it's photography is just so. Um, I love just uh, comparing it. I mean, we're photo- even if we don't have a camera, it's like our eye, I see it as a camera. Yeah. Um, it's just the lens that we see everything through. And that's just, so, it's so incredible to me that now, and I love that, um, that point and shoots are, are coming back cameras. Yeah. <laughs> like our daughter is, she actually went and had film developed. She's using, my father was a photographer and, um, she's actually using his camera again, like really using it, which is, brings me such happiness yeah. that, that it's getting, that it's getting used, but she's figuring out the apertures and all of this kind of stuff. Um, and it's just great to see her journey in this. Wow. It sounds like your daughter and I have very similar journeys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, actually it does. Right. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I started taking pictures when I was nine, I got my first camera when I was nine. It was a little Kodak. You know, you used to push the push the the bottom of the camera in to advance the film to the next frame. Yes. And then pull out the little cartridge. But when I was in high school, I used to uh, actually took several photography classes and I became a teacher's aide. And I, you know, I was developing black and white photos in the bag, um, you know, up until I graduated high school. I was going to ask you if you knew how to develop. Oh yeah, I had. There's a. Uh, I went to college very briefly at Santa Monica College, and around the corner there was a, um, a, uh, um, you know, a place where you could go and uh, use their facilities and develop film and print your pictures and you know everything. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's funny in. in it kind of in this world of, like you said, your friends get kind of annoyed uh, at you needing to stop and take pictures. But at one point, um, 
my daughter and I were driving someplace and she said, I don't know, there's something about that laundromat. Like, I just really like the way it looks. And she's like, you don't have to stop. I was like, I'll just stop and pull over. No big deal. Like, just go, go anyway. So she gets out of the car. She goes and she comes walking about 10 minutes later. She's walking back really quickly. She's like, just go. I'm like, what happened? She said, she said this woman came out of the laundromat. It was like, are you taking a picture? And she's like, she said, no, (laughs) even though she's like, no, I was just, and so she got nervous and she went away, but then she's like, what's really the big deal? What does she think I'm going to do with it? Um, but she's been kind of getting that kind of reaction a few times. Like, did you just take a picture? (coughs) Yeah. I mean, generally I ask if it's, if there's somebody involved, but most of the stuff I do is nature or friends or, you know, bands that I go see or, you know, so there's nobody to ask when you're taking pictures of mother nature. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mother nature. Is it okay? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So while I'm having a coughing fit, tell us about music. And cause I know that you have an interest in music. Yeah, I have. So I played piano from the age of five to 15. I quit because of, of, uh, peer pressure in high school, but I took some, uh, you know, appreciation classes. I was in chorus. My mother is a, a music teacher. She actually now teaches piano. Um, my uncle is a trumpet player. They had a band when my when my mom was uh, younger. So my grandpa played the drums. My grandma played the sax. And uh, they had a band and they used to do weddings and parties and, you know, the whole wow. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, just lots of going to, I see a lot of concerts. I go to a lot of shows and, you know, my music taste is kind of all over the place. Um, so, you know, I've been to Burning Man, I, you know, big art festival, lots of music, um, you know, and so I continue to just see, see them, see, go to see shows. Um, I haven't actually been to an indoor since COVID, but plenty of outdoor shows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (sighs) That whole vibe of kind of like being with all of these people in one place (laughs) for the same purpose. I mean, isn't it? Music is such a um, a connector. It is, for sure. It's very healing. Mm, yeah. I remember one time very specifically, um, just being, I, I was in a point in my life where I had left one job um, business that I owned and was going into a full-time gig. And <laughs> my daughter dating her um, was really into One Direction and um was able to get tickets and it was outside and i just remember sitting there with her and being in this really it was a beautiful night it's like you could just like everything was just it felt perfect uh the air was so beautiful the 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 light was just you know it was starting to get dark and i thought and everybody's here and they're happy yeah (laughs) they're like Like you said, it's healing. Like people aren't going because they're pissed and they're angry. (laughs) They're going because they want to listen to these songs that lift them up and they can relate to and be with all these other people that feel the same way. Yeah. It's magical. Yeah. 
I was like, God, do things get better than this? Like when I was sitting there, it's like, this just feels so perfect. Yeah. It's, there's a happiness and a vibe and a, just a, like a vibration that ev- that the music is creating and the crowd is creating all the energy and the happiness and the dancing and the applause. It's just a vibration that, that is all coming together. It's a harmony. Mm, it is. Yeah. I love that. It is. And everybody's just kind of like brought together. I really want to see this year. I would love to see pink in person. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'll sell out quickly. It will. I would love to see her flying around. And like, that just amazes me. (laughs) She's pretty awesome. Have you ever seen her in person? I haven't, but I watched the documentary. I Mm -hmm. think there was one on HBO or Netflix, one of those. And um, so I got a sense for her flying around on the stage. And I know she's coming around again. Yeah, 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 she is. So... I am curious, do you have any kind of a uh, morning or I've learned to say evening routine? Oh, so many. Um, you know, I I try really hard to, I'm, I'm actually getting back into reading, which has been a long time coming. I was a huge reader when I was, you know, younger and I developed some serious, you know, ADD and I would start a book and then I would put it down and never pick it back up again. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to shift the books to more of nonfiction for me to keep focus and to finish, to, you know, to finish the book. So I'm about halfway through a book. I, I'm reading a chapter a day. So I'm do, trying to do that in the morning when my mind is fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, also get my Wordle game in. And, um, you know, I get up and kind of take it slowly and have my, my tea and read through my emails. And I exercise is a huge part of my day, huge part of my routine. I'm very religious about that. I get out and walk, you know, three miles a day. And, um, you know, it's really important to take breaks, set boundaries Mm -hmm. and, you know, stop and come back with a fresh set of eyes. Um, I do Pilates. Okay. Um, you know, and just, uh, you know, it's when you're building a business, there's a lot of routine. So I, you know, I'm trying to get into the habit of doing the right things so that, that, um, you know, my, I'm organized and I can continue on with the process and not get sidetracked. Hmm. That's a great point. Just even not to say when building a business, there's a lot of routines. Yeah. And in saying that, in saying the word boundaries, so important. Yes. And how wonderful is it to create these routines that are also for you? (laughs) It's like boundaries. You're setting the boundary and then saying, okay, taking a break, going for a walk, taking a break, going to Pilates, all of these, which only help us feel more whole and able to show up. And like you said, with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm huge on taking breaks. I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but when I teach people like how to manage their time and being able to say no to things and taking care of you because you can't you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, you have to be able to recharge yourself and and the only way you do that is if you take care of yourself, self-care, get your rest, don't be burned out, have your work-life balance. Yeah. 
when you're helping people with um, uh, with scheduling, are you big on um, time blocking or like creating actually writing in a real calendar and creating Google calendars or is there a certain technique that you like? I use I use a Google calendar. I'm also a task uh, list maker. So I, you know, whatever works for, for people, I know plenty of people who still use a, you know, a hand ca a calendar with a book and they still write in it. Um, but for me, I put everything into my Google calendar. So my personal, my professional, you know, my weekend stuff and I use it. I mean, it, a bell rings 10 minutes before the event so that I know that it's, you know, I, this is where I have to be in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and very, very helpful. And, you know, when I managed executive calendars, it was the same. So I was responsible for running their lives for, you know, 10 hours a day. And mm -hmm. so I just basically took it upon myself to do, do it for me and it, and it works. Yeah. So you hear that everybody, it's like, literally, <laughs> this is, this helps keep you focused and it helps reduce your stress. Yes. because it's because it's it's there for you and the, the, those bells and those i have them at like an hour at a half hour it's you know at 15 minutes it really is it really is very helpful yeah and for me i'm i'm very visual so uh when i create the google calendar i like to play with the colors yes 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 i have colors all over my calendar <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes it's funny. I don't know if you have a system to it. I haven't created a system to it yet. I put like, when I put purple on something, I'm like, that's something that makes me very happy to do. I'm like, purple, purple, purple. But then I'm like, hmm, actually, do you have a suggestion on that? Is it better to kind of color code? Yes, it actually, I color code. So I have like green for me is things that are like webinars or educational uh, workshops that I'm taking. Um, red is just the regular color of my calendar. Purple is podcasts, live casts, any presentations that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I Gray is networking. Um, what else do I have? Uh, blue is my personal calendar. So I have a, I have blue and red. Red is my business. Blue is my Blue is my personal. Um, I think that's about it for that. But, you know, it's. I think that when you color code and you actually have a legend and you understand what each of those things are, it's easier for you to look at your calendar on a bigger scale rather than like, oh, it's, you know, it might help you if it's just pretty. But if you have, if there's a meaning behind it, it, it actually helps you look at your week and decide like, oh, I have, four different networking meetings. Do I need all of those meetings? And, and it actually helps you manage your time a little better. <laughs> when I said that out loud, I'm kind of like, oh, that sounds really silly. <laughs> I love it. You can color your calendar all you want, Hollis. <laughs> no, but I'm like, it makes it's, you happy. It's true. But I guess taking that, and thank you for just even that little bit of information, because I'm going to go back to that and be like, you know what? This makes me, I feel the color purple with this, or I color, I feel the color yellow with this. Right. Um, but it makes complete sense to be able to be like, oh, yeah, okay, this is how many podcasts I have for the week. This is how many. I, it, it, so you can scan, and it just makes it, it makes it easy. Yeah. More efficient. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so is there any kind of an evening routine that you have no generally i i mean i work i mean i'm working probably 10 hours a day ish i mean unless i stop you know earlier i mean it's just catching a lot of it's just catching up with administrative stuff at the end of the day after i've been on the phone or i've been in client meetings or i've been working and generally it's just you know melting into the couch and enjoying a little bit of the TV, you know, and watching a documentary or something where I can just let my mind go. Because if I don't turn it off or, you know, even I feel like anything that I do, whether it's talking on the phone or sitting down and watching a little TV for an hour, it's releasing some of the um, some of the day's energy and it just allows me to go to sleep a little easier. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So everybody you hear this, it's kind of like we need to incorporate these things into our, I just keep going back to that word boundaries. Um, When you create the boundaries, when you do these, incorporate these things into your life, it really um, opens up. You realize how much time you have in your schedule. When I sit down and create my schedule, I literally build in when I'm going to eat something, when I'm going to have like when I'm going to go for my walk, when I'm going to have creating time for Hollis. Um, and is that change a little bit? Sometimes it can. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm so anal that it's like from 12 to 1230. I'm doing exactly that and it has to stop. But at the same time, it is building into the day that this is time delegated for that. So it's not just, oh, I totally forgot to do that. Yes. And the most important thing is when you're done for the day and when you talk about setting boundaries is that you should not be attached to your phone and reading your work emails, you know, after a certain point. It's healthy to turn off your phone or turn off, not check your emails until the next day. Yeah. (laughs) I remember talking to somebody and she's like, you know, this isn't a nice thing to say. She said, but on like Tuesdays and Thursdays, she has very specific delegated days where they are work days and she turns off her phone and she's like, I'm sorry, but if somebody is really trying to reach me and God forbid somebody dies, they're still going to be dead tomorrow. She's like, so they will. I'm like, well, that's kind of harsh. But in the way she was saying it, it was because that's something that's very important to her is she's not messing around with the fact of this is I, you can't reach me. It's like, remember when those times I, you know, I feel old saying this, but remember those times, everybody, when we couldn't be reached um, because we didn't have a phone attached to us. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. The line was busy if you were on the phone. (laughs) The line was busy. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) And nowadays, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're here all the time. Um, before we go to the last question, I know that you also have like your, your pet is something that's really important to you. Yes. And I just want you to be able to talk about that and however you just because I think animals, you know, that's another aspect of who we are and what brings us more joy and creativity into our life. Yeah. Um, so I had kind of a sad situation about a month ago. Um, my cat was was close to about 14 and he died. He was very, very sick, had multiple different diseases, and um, it's still very raw. 
Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and I'm by myself. And so I was like, there's no heartbeat in the house. I need to save all the animals. And I found a place um, not far from me, about 45 minutes, and they rescue, uh, they rescue animals off of Indian reservations and fix them because clearly, you know, they, they are running around. Actually, my cat was pregnant before they, you know, rescued her. Mm. And she was fostered and then returned to the shelter and she spent uh she spent most of her life in the shelter until i adopted her and her name is mocha and i took her home uh, about two weeks ago and she is just the happiest little cat um super cute we're still bonding you know having a good time she's enjoying life playing around i forgot what it was like to have a cat that can do the zoomies and doesn't need a stool to get up on the bed and you know, um, you know, I have some youth and some happiness in the house. Yeah. 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 Because it's the energy. It's the, um, I'm just, a anybody who is a pet knows that, um, animals just lower stress. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They just kind of look at you in a way where you're just like, Oh, how could I even be stressed or annoyed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting there looking at you. It's unconditional love that you don't need to ask for, and it just wipes away any negativity that came across during the day. Yeah. Yeah, they're truly a gift. Well, I am so happy that that you saved a life and that you, you know, found your new baby and uh, Mocha obviously found a very good home, so... Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm pretty happy about her too. So <laughs> we yeah. have a long life together. You do, you yes. do. So actually, I wanted to before we do. I, I thought of something else to ask you. So with the traveling, tell us a little bit about your um, some places that you've gone, and maybe if you have a favorite place that you've been. Yeah, um, so I would say by far my favorite place was New Zealand. I did that in 2017. I went by myself. I was on the South Island. Um, with I was just telling the story the other day. Within about an hour of getting the car, so they drive on the left side of the road, right? Uh-huh. Or the, the left side of the road, right? So uh, within an hour of getting the car, I was on a roundabout and parallel park trying to signal with the windshield wipers. And um, it was an amazing, amazing trip. So for two and a half weeks, I drove around the South Island. I did all the things. I went paragliding and I went into this cave under the water and saw the glow worms and, uh, you know, drove along the coast and saw these million-year-old boulders that had arrived, you know, that had somehow planted themselves on the beach. And I drove up into the mountains, and it was just a lovely, lovely place. Um, Beautiful, beautiful country, amazing people. Um, I stayed with this woman in one part of my, on one part of my trip, and she had, she Airbnb'd out part of her, uh, part of her house, and it was kind of a dome. Her house was, and it was out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, 
she said, you know, put on the muck boots and you can go out and look at the river. Well, I put on the muck boots at like six o'clock the next morning and then got stuck in the sand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't get out of the, had to put, uh, take off the boots and like pull them out. And I'm like sinking in this quicksand, oh but the God. river was lovely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. So she had, she was in corporate, uh, well, I guess it would corporate New Zealand and had decided that she didn't want to do that anymore. And she basically sold everything and moved out to the country. And she lived in this gorgeous location and had, you know, sheep on her farm and, um, you know, her brother owned the land next door and was just such an amazing, uh, amazing experience to hang out. I had a glass of wine with her and just an amazing experience to have, you know, conversation with locals and hear how they live and like be in her home. It was amazing. So yeah, I think New Zealand's probably one of my favorites so far. So you've obviously, I mean, you stated in the beginning that you've always loved to travel, but you really have this real explore, explore, What's how do I say, like exploration and you know excitement, paragliding, going into caves looking for glowworms. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a hesitation. You're just like, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I. I mean, it's like living in the moment. I feel like, and I actually have a ring that says that. I. I feel like, you know, I tend not to plan too much when I'm traveling, and so I take every experience as it comes. And those are the best types of experiences. They're, I mean, they're amazing. They're memorable, you know. And some of them are a little more expensive than others, but it's, but it, you know, that's those are the things that I remember. And going back to your definition of creativity, it's, you know, outside the norm. Yes. It's outside the box. Those glow worms, like, oh my God, what did it look like? So it's funny because I remember the woman. So you basically, well, let's, so that you go with a tour, you walk down into this ramp and then they put you into these little cars. And she said, this woman says, yeah, and then we're going to go on our Disneyland ride. And so everything becomes, they take you down into this cave, you're into the depths of the water and you hear the water rushing around you. And then you get into a really quiet space and they turn off the lights. Oh my and God. You, you look up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You look up and from the ceiling are, it's just glowing worms and, um, <laughs> Really neat experience. I mean, if you like glowing worms, it's very exciting. But it was, you know, I mean, it just, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Who's going to go to, who thinks about doing that here in the U.S.? I mean, do we have any place that has glow worms? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, but no, it's exactly those moments. So that's why I love these conversations, because it's reminders of these moments, whether Ladies and gentlemen, whether you're going to look, you, you kind of stumble on a place that has glow worms or whether you're taking a walk and you turn a different way than you usually do yeah, and see something different than you usually do. Yes. It's, that's what helps. Again, I'm just going to keep going back to it, lower our stress. <laughs> it helps us just become, we become more efficient because we become happier. Yes. It's just we're finding more joy in our lives and more adventure and more laughing and more. Our world becomes bigger. 
it's just better for your mental health altogether. I mean, I think that goes back to your creativity, just yeah. the questions about creativity. It's there. It's important for your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have these conversations again, because we're expanding this definition because ladies and gentlemen, we didn't talk about painting or drawing once in this conversation. And that's so often the societal definition that it's some kind of a visual art in that. And what we're talking about here is we're talking about life. Yeah. And we're talking about how, in this case, how Pam um, and I kind of see and experiences and, uh, you know, translate that into our lives. And everybody has their stories. Uh, but this is the beauty of hearing, having the conversations. So in that, as we're getting to the top of the hour, which it goes by so quickly, the third and final question kind of wraps it up, which is, why do you think creativity is important? There's a few reasons, actually, that I think why I think creativity is important. And one of it is for mental health. Um, it'll, it allows a, an avenue for you to get whatever is inside out. Um, it's fun, you know, who doesn't like to be creative, right? And it's creating something new. So it's, you're, again, not going with, you're not following the norm, you're creating something new. And whether that's personal or professional, you're either solving a problem or creating or making something new out of what was previously there. Um, you know, those, I thought those were kind of why... I thought it was important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good response, everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just mental health, fun, problem solving. And I just always say it's give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to explore and to have fun and to try things and to problem solve and maybe it doesn't work out the first time but how many times did it take to discover the light bulb that's right <laughs> five thousand times yeah <laughs> what was i listening to about you know ford when he um wanted a eight-cylinder engine if i'm saying this correctly uh all the engineers like ford didn't even finish college and he had a bunch of engineers and the engineers were like, it's not possible. He's like, figure it out. And they tried and they're like, it's not possible. He's like, it is, figure it out. And it took a while, but they did, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, I mean, if you can't do it yourself, that's why you hire good people around you to, or you surround yourself with people who do have those ideas and do, are able to move you or your business or your projects or your art or whatever it is, you know, in the direction that you want to see. Yes. So on that note, Pam, please tell them how they can connect with you so you can help guide them and support them. Um, so I am, I am available on LinkedIn, Pam Weiser, W-E-I-S-E-R. My business is Be The Weiser, W-I-S-E-R. It's a play on my last name. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody ever pronounces it or spells it correctly. So my father always told me you're never going to win. So I figured I'd go with how to pronounce it correctly. Um, 
And I'm also at uh, Pam at Be The Wiser, B-E-T-H-E-W-I-S-E-R.net. Perfect. Can you, um, Pam, put that into the chat box? Yeah, um, if I can figure <clears throat> that out. Um, and maybe yeah. while you're doing that, so Ellen can see it. Yeah. And then after you do that, before we say our goodbyes, is there anything else that you feel like that you missed or anything top of mind that you want to, that you want to add? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I just, I always feel like establishing self-care and work-life balance and good time management skills equals less stress and disappointment in life. And it works that way for both personal and professional. So, um, you know, I, I think that these ideas kind of, they cover everything. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Pam, it has been so great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. So appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. It was great to be here. Thanks, Hollis. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for thank you for joining us live. Thank you for those catching the replay. We know that you can be do, doing anything with your hour, and we so appreciate you spending it with us. This space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff, because these topics, this, this topic, these conversations need to be need to be heard by many because I believe we've always needed this, but we need this now more than ever. We need more connection. We need more joy. We need more happiness. We need more expansion on this word creativity, everybody. So on that note, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world and look forward to connecting with you again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative, check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is iamcreativephilly.com. 
So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.